I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You can polish my chrome so clean. We can fly off into the sunset together. Rusty old American dream. Still running. Rusty old Yes, indeed. ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive is with us this morning on the horn. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, too. I was looking at that forecast thinking uh, this might be a good day to uh, wash and wax a car. What do you think? I, I think that's a great idea and, uh, and, and important. Don't forget to... When you do wash the car, to wash all the corners, uh, uh, you know, under the wheel well and all that sort of stuff, to get it cleaned up for the season, and uh, that'll help. That'll help you take care of or or keep the idea of rust starting uh, in in under control. So uh, don't forget to clean the corners. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good point. And and waxing a car, I don't know how many people do that anymore. I kind of I kind of enjoy it, as you know. But uh, that's got to help a little, given the, uh, the 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 winter salt, et cetera, here in the uh, area, right? Well, it does. You know, the the when you when you wax a car, what you're really doing is taking is is a big part of what you're doing is cleaning it. You're taking all the oxidation off the paint, and uh, you know the, the oxidation oxidation that's on the paint is actually what uh, holds a lot of the moisture, which of course causes the rust. So. If you get all of that oxidation off the paint, then the the car stays drier, and of course, a dry car is the the trick to uh, keeping rust under control. Absolutely. If you have any kind of a car care question for Dan, and you need to take your vehicle into your favorite dealer, your favorite shop for some service, but you want to know what may be wrong with it, uh, being armed with more information is always better than having less information. So call in your question. Or text your question to Dan. Same number applies for the calls or the text. 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. I would imagine uh, the guys at uh, Lloyd's have been putting on uh, they've been putting on snow tires this week. Yeah, it's uh, snow tires. The, the concept is starting, although starting. we haven't done we haven't done too much of it yet. Uh, you know that. We, we, everybody, we talk so much about uh, don't get in too big of a hurry to get your snow tires on because as, when the weather's warm and when the roads are warm, uh, it's really hard on the tires. They they have a tendency to wear out. Uh, people people have a tendency to wait until the weather is down in the freezing area, and then the mad rush is on. So I think probably now, uh, listening to the forecast, I think probably now the the forecast is appropriate that uh, you can go ahead and schedule to get your snow tires in, installed, and uh, that's probably a good idea. We're, the, 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 I think the warm, warm weather is sounds like it's over for uh, for the season. Yeah, today and tomorrow uh, will be about it. I think. Well, who knows? You yeah, never well, know. Sadly, sadly. <laughs> yeah. 
And but you, like you've said before, you don't want to uh, to uh, use uh, your snow tires when it's too warm because of that uh, soft rubber uh, yeah, on the right. uh, the tires. All right, uh, we had a text, and maybe you can help me figure this out. Uh, this came in earlier today. Uh, the texter says, "I accidentally poured summer bug fluid." I'm not sure what that is, to my windshield wash reservoir. I realize now, Texter says, I have to remove it before it freezes. Is there a drain plug on that reservoir? First of all, what do you suppose that fluid is that he put in there? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I, maybe, you know. Maybe it's something that, that makes the the window solvent more concentrated to get so that it will take the bugs off your windshield uh, along with it. But... Perhaps that's not built, and maybe there's a warning on there that it's not uh, made for winter use. In other mm-hmm. words, that uh, while it's a strong detergent, it also will freeze. So, but to answer the question, no, there is not exactly a uh, um, drain a drain plug on it. But a couple things you could do: one is just use it, you know, as as you're driving. Use, use it up. It, uh, <laughs> use it up. Yeah, just choose to use it up and. Uh, you're not going to hurt anything. The the washer pump is made for that. So go ahead and use it up before uh, the weather turns cool and then just refill it with the proper uh, fluid. So that that's an option. If you have easy access to it, uh, one thing that you could do is simply take the the rubber hose off the washer fluid pump, and if you do that, the, uh, the fluid will all drain out too. Yeah. So, that's a couple of options, but uh, I would just use it. I think, it, you know, you have a couple of days to use it up, and yeah. you should be able to easily do that. Excellent, yeah. 651-989-9226. Again, that same number applies to your phone calls for Dan or uh, or the text questions. Uh, and we we uh, have a bunch of those yet, too. There's one text that says, I don't hear much about changing spark plugs anymore. Is there a reason for that? Well... It's uh, it's the fancy spark plugs that the manufacturers are putting in the cars. They're made to go a long ways, oftentimes uh, 100,000 or 120,000 miles, which is remarkable considering back when I started my career, we changed spark plugs every 12,000 miles. They've mm-hmm. been worn out. And, and so uh, that's, that's amazing. But spark plugs still do need to be changed. And uh, one of the things that, is a concern, on, especially on some particular models, is to leave the spark plugs in the cylinder head that long, it sometimes creates a problem getting them out. Mm. So uh, that's one thing that I do warn people about. For sure, do not go beyond the manufacturer's you know, recommendation on, on changing spark plugs. And uh, if you don't drive very much, don't leave those in there too many years. Uh, beyond the uh, beyond the warning or beyond the uh, the uh, date change, also because uh, because they can be difficult to get out of the cylinder head. What do you have to do? Uh, well, that if 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 they get stuck in the cylinder head, sometimes what happens is the threads from the cylinder head just come right out with the spark plug, hmm. and then there's no threads to hold the new spark plug in. And then what we have to do is is drill that or drill that and retap it and and put a heli coil it's uh it's basically building new threads uh in the cylinder head and we actually do that quite often so uh beware of that uh you know to to change the uh, spark plugs as needed 
And also, uh, oftentimes the manufacturer recommends putting a little bit of lubricant on the threads of those spark plugs when you put them back in. So uh, don't forget to do that uh, if you're changing the spark plugs yourself. Kind of an anti-seize agent or something like that. Yep, I remember that's those. And a high temp, and a high temp one because uh, at, right at the cylinder head, the spark plug gets pretty hot, so it needs to be a high temp anti-seize uh, mm-hmm. compound that you put on the threads. Okay. Before we break, I want to go to the phones. Uh, if you have a car care question, you can call it in or text it in six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Eric is calling in from East Bethel. Good morning, Eric. What's your question for Dan? Well, by golly, good morning to you from the uh, beautiful, lovely, incorporated sand trap we call East Bethel up here this morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, anyway, I uh, got a three-quarter ton Chevrolet pickup, and I use it during harvest season and whatnot, but uh, got it the other day, started up, drove around in the right rear brake. Uh, the drum got really hot, and I'm wondering if there's a caliper that's uh, stuck or a shoe that's uh, needing to be replaced or a spring that's uh, possibly broken. Well, that's all of that is is a possibility. I'm not sure on that truck if it has disc brakes or drum brakes, and you can probably look through the wheel and see what that is, uh, which it is. But yep, uh, the uh, rear on that pickup is a it's a drum brake on the on the rear end of that pickup. It's a 75 Chevrolet three-quarter ton that we usually use. Yeah, so a possibility, something broke in there. That's certainly that, you know, a spring rusted off, and so that the uh, brake um, or the uh, the uh, brake shoe is rubbing all the time and causing it to get hot. Or uh, if you ever have used the parking brake, that's another prob- common problem on an older truck that the cables have gotten rusty. And so the parking brake is not releasing properly. And that can be a bit of a challenge uh, if that's the case, or, or in, in any case, when the brake uh, shoe or shoe is, is stuck against the ro- uh, drum, sometimes it's a challenge to get that drum off. And, uh, and sometimes it comes off in pieces by the time, by the time you uh, are able to get it off to see what's going on because a big rust ridge will have formed on the inside of that drum. And so getting it off can be a challenge. So uh, I guess my advice to you is is uh, when you go after this, make sure you have enough time to uh, deal with all of the trouble that you might open up, the big can of worms you might open up uh, in the process. So it, it might get more involved than simply uh, unadjusting a shoe or something like that. Okay. All right, Eric, good luck with that. Uh, quick break is in order here, Dan. If you uh, have a question for Dan Burns, from Lloyd's Automotive, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. We'll get back. We grab some text messages, too, when we come back. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Law here on this end, and Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on the automotive on the other end. And, Dan, for those folks that don't know, tell us about the Lloyd's and where you guys are located. We are, we are located at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul right between Lexington and Victoria. Uh, you can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. You can give a call, but we'll be there this morning till noon at 651-228-1316, or I'm sure you can find us on Facebook, too. I do that all the time. See you on Facebook. Oh, good. Yes, matter yeah. of fact. All right, if you want to... Well, yes. Go go ahead and friend us on Facebook, and then you'll get all of that uh, communication from us. Yeah, we, we send out stuff quite regularly. Yeah, good stuff. 
All right, 651, our number is 651-989-9226. That's for the phone call question or the text question. Same number applies. So use one or, or the other. Uh, all right, let's see. We do have to catch up on some text messages here, Dan. Uh, what do you believe, Texter wants to know, is E85 harder on engine components as, where did it go here, as some mechanics believe? I know it's a little bit of a political question, but. <laughs> I don't think so. You don't no, think I so? I think that it's, uh, no, I think that the uh, cars are engineered and, and manufactured for that and uh, never at our shop has that question, you know, if somebody comes in with a, with an engine repair of some sort, never has the question, oh, have they been using E85 come up? Uh, it just is, it's just not an issue at all. So, um, you know, in my world, we never talk about it. So uh, I think that if it was hard on an engine, you know, we'd be telling our customers not to do that. And, and we don't do that. If it, if your car is designed for E85, and if you like using E85, then it's right for you. One warning that I do have is if your car is not built for E85, don't use it. It won't run on it. It, it takes special uh, um, engineering uh, for the for the vehicle to actually run on it. If you put E85 in a in a car that's not built for it, you'll have trouble. Oh yeah, so don't do that. But you found no evidence of any any negative issues. That's good. No, I don't. Yeah, there's no negative. Uh, I, I don't think it has any negative effect on the engine at all. So uh, so go ahead and use it if you believe in it. That's great. All right. Uh, and, I, it, and I quite yeah. honestly, I kind of do. I I think you know it's. Uh, it's good for our agri- we're an ag- we're an agricultural state and yeah. it's good for our agricultural state so so uh, uh, I'm glad that it works I'm glad they figured it out and I think it's it's uh, it's a good thing excellent Dan hang on uh, we're going to get back to the phone callers and text messages keep in mind Dan is going to be here only oh about another fifteen minutes we make way for Jack Farrell's wine chat so don't wait if you have a car care question call it in or text it in so hang on Dan we'll take this a uh, bit of a break here. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show around every Saturday, 7 o'clock hour. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive is uh, is with us, uh, answering your calls by phone and by text as usual. Uh, let's grab a phone call, Dan, and then we'll uh, pick up on some text messages. Uh, Jerry is calling from Minneapolis, I believe. Jerry, what is your question for Dan? Yes, I have a 07 Toyota Prius, uh, the lift back release button on the back that you touch to open and release at the those buttons deteriorate and need replacing. Are you familiar with that at all, Dan? I am. We uh, yeah, we change those quite commonly. <clears throat> Any idea on a rough price on that? Oh, I don't know much about the pricing. Uh, of course, the uh, sometimes the trick is to get them open. But but if yours is still working, uh, that's good news. That that easy touch button is kind of handy when it's working. But like you say that the plastic or the rubber cover over it deteriorates and it gets moisture in it and that, uh, that ruins it. Um, you know, I don't think it's a big labor project, uh, to replace that. You just have to take that inner panel off that back tailgate and that's pretty easy to do. You just have to, uh, get all those little snaps, uh, off. And then once you have access to it, it's, it's pretty simple to, uh, run the wires through, plug them in, and, and put in a new switch. So if you want to take it on yourself, I think it's uh, it's it, it, it's pretty doable. Oh, good. Uh, and I don't I don't imagine that that switch is real expensive either. So 
don't don't put it off. There's no good reason to put it off. Go ahead and get it fixed, especially while the weather's still. Nice. Yes, yes. Go, yeah, go ahead and do that. All right, Jerry. Thanks for the call. Texter wants. We were talking about washing your vehicle. Uh, texter wants to know. You get this question a lot. Uh, what's the best way to wash a van windshield inside or outside for a streak-free uh, clean? That that's an issue sometimes, especially the inside, right? Well, and I'm a nut about that. Yes. <laughs> when I'm when I'm driving uh, into the sun, if I can see any streaks, it drives me nuts. So I, I've found the best trick is to use a good quality cleaner of some sort. Uh, um, and there's all sorts of them out there, but use a good quality cleaner and use uh, good clean towels when you're doing it. E- either I've actually found that paper towels work best for me uh, because there's, you know, sometimes if you use a, a, a cloth towel to do it, there'll be some detergent or something on it that'll leave a little bit of a, of a residue behind. So I think a good clean paper towel and, and plenty of cleaner and don't be afraid to do it two or three times when you're doing it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> sure that get, yeah, be sure that you get it right and do it frequently. You know, the the whole all of that plastic inside of your car emits a uh, gassy material, and so uh, your car can be completely closed up, and and you're wondering how the windshield gets so dirty so quickly, and it's just that that residue uh, comes off the plastic and and gets on the glass and and needs to be cleaned off. So yeah. it needs to be cleaned off frequently. So at least three or four times a year, don't you think, Danny? Oh, it, I see. Uh, it yes. has to be cleaned. Yes, and I use paper towels and, uh, what do you call it, the microfiber uh, cloth sometimes. Oh, there you go. Yeah that's, too. yeah, that's another good one. And, and when you wash those microfiber cloths, don't use any uh, fabric softener or anything like that because oh. that, uh, that, that keeps them from being perfectly clean. That's a good point, yeah. All right, so people are going to be washing vehicles. Today, maybe you know, you're week. you're a bigger nut about keeping your vehicle clean than I am. So uh, some of these questions you should answer because you're you're a pro. <laughs> oh, I have no life. <laughs> yeah, Not really. I have a good life. Uh, yeah. This this text Dan kind of rambles here, so bear with me. It'll jump around. Uh, Texas says I have a, a 2005 Chev 3500 Express van with a V8 Vortex engine, 256. Thousand miles recently, while driving on the highway, it stopped running. Uh, no warning lights came on. Nothing in codes. When checking later, as I am coasting on the highway, I was able to put the engine in neutral and restart. Why do you think? And what's happening? Well, that's tricky when we don't have any information to go on. Uh, rarely do I see a fuel-related problem like that come and go. Uh, it. it uh, uh, you know that a fuel pump usually when, when it quits, a fuel pump fails uh, when the vehicle's not running and you go to start it. So that's the most common place for that. So, I, so because you don't have the information, that's not where I would start looking. Where I would start looking is the the spark control, uh, and I would need to study a little bit on what the what the main inputs are for that spark control. What year did you did it say? What year it was? Uh, let's see. Let me back up here. Um, I think it does. Yeah, it's a 2005 uh, Chev Express, 3,500. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's several inputs, sensors, that the vehicle needs to uh, produce a spark to keep the car running down the highway. And we find quite often, especially on an older vehicle like that with a lot of miles, that oftentimes it turns out to be in a connector where 
a connector to the crank sensor or I'm not even sure what sensors without looking it up are, are the main ingredients to produce a spark. Um, there's a module somewhere that would cause it and there's a whole bunch of connectors in between. But oftentimes we'll find when a vehicle just intermittently quits like that, that it's a connector that's causing the trouble. And, uh, and that's, those are the kinds of things that, that we would look for. But boy, when you don't have any information, uh, that it's too bad that when it failed, it didn't set a code and at least give us some direction because right now the, uh, the window's pretty wide open and there's an awful lot of things that could cause that. And we really don't know where to start. Yeah, I should so, say that's not a very that's not a very good answer for you. I'm sorry, but but when we don't have any information, it's really hard to uh, to figure that out. Tough, tough detective work there. Um, yeah. Texter uh, Dan, I know we just have a couple of minutes to go. Uh, my uh, texter says this: O2 Subaru WRX sounds bad at idle, a knocking or a rattle that goes away as soon as I drive away. Uh, I just hear it yeah. at idle. Yeah, that's pretty common on those on Subarus. And what happens is on the on the pistons, they get the uh, the little pin that connects the piston to the crank rod gets a little bit of looseness in it, and you hear a little bit of that piston slap um, when the vehicle is at idle. And you, if if you just raise it up off idle just a little bit, that kind of rattle goes away. And boy, we uh, there's no good fix other than you know, taking the engine apart, and uh, and the good news is I've heard that rattle going on. If this is what it is, I'd need to hear it for sure. But but uh, if it's that that piston slap rattle, uh, I've heard those do that for a long, long time uh, without any more serious complications. So uh, while you don't like it, and while it doesn't sound normal. Uh, it's also something that you don't really have to worry about because it's quite common on those. Oh, okay. They go a long ways making that noise. Dan, maybe we could get you to answer this in 60 seconds or less. Uh, it says, Texter, you, uh, Dan, you do a great job in the show. I, I'm going to L.A. to look at a rust-free 85 Volvo 240 wagon with stick and turbo. It's been used and maintained 145,000 miles. Anything I should uh, be particularly worried about? What should they do? They should probably get it checked out. They should. They, you need to have that inspected by, you'll have to do a little research to find a shop uh, like Lloyd's in L.A. and uh, have it inspected. Somebody who knows what they're doing regarding old Volvos and have it inspected, look for common problems. Uh, I can't name, I can't tell you particularly what to look for, but a, one thing would be, you know, check for leaks and, and you know, just general maintenance, all, all of those sorts of things. Uh, but I would sure take that in and have a pro take a look at it and, and be sure that it's worth the investment. All right, very good. I'm going to save some text messages we didn't have time for, and we'll begin the show next week with those. What do you say? That sounds great. All right, well, have a good week, Dan. Give us that phone number for Lloyd's. Uh, give us a call at 651-228-1316. Excellent. Have a good week, Dan. We'll talk to you next Saturday. Thanks, Denny. Bye. Bye-bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 